Welcome to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tab the Croc, and every Monday, I talk to someone here in North Idaho, the goal to connect more people in the Coeur d'Alene area. And then every Friday, I talk to someone outside the community to bring in a new perspective and to learn a little bit about yourself. On today's episode, I speak with Mike and Chris with the CDA Schools Levy. We talk about what the levy does, why to vote, and how to vote. So make sure you listen and go vote March 14th for the Coeur d'Alene School Levy. All right, today I have two amazing individuals. We're going to talk about what's happening in Coeur d'Alene uh, with the levy voting that's coming up. So I have Mike and Chris with me today. Um, and this this podcast, really, I really want to preface that we this is more informative. We're not here to say vote yes, vote no, but we really want to just get the information, correct information out to our community. So thank you guys for being here with me. Pleasure. Glad to be here. So um, I guess... Chris, tell us first um, a little bit about you and who you are and what how you're involved with this. Thanks, Tabitha. I appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning. And thanks for Mike for, for looping in as well. Um, I'm a husband and a father of two school age kids here in the community. I'm a local, I was born and raised, went away and chose to come back here because I think Coeur d'Alene is a fantastic community to live, work and invest in. Um, I have the pleasure of working in a company uh, called Parkwood Business Properties. We're real estate developers and investors here in town. I've been reinvesting in the Coeur d'Alene community for over 45 years. So I'm interested in this. I serve on the board of directors of the Coeur d'Alene Area Economic Development Commission as well. So looking at the at the broader economic well-being of our community, in addition to having two kids who are in the Coeur d'Alene school system every day. So really trying to blend those interests and understanding um, what's at stake for our community in the upcoming school levy funding opportunities we have here on March 14th. So that's that's kind of how I got drawn into this and I'm personally passionate about um, ensuring we have proper education funding in our public school system here. Great. And Mike, tell us a little bit about who you are. I mean, I, I'm sure everyone knows, but tell us a little bit who you are and your background. Well, I, I hope uh, that a few people do know me along the way. I'm a Coeur d'Alene uh, lifetime educator. I uh, graduated from Coeur d'Alene High School, uh, and I absolutely fell in love with the school system here, originally from Texas. Uh, so did most of my uh, kindergarten and middle school uh, learning in Texas before moving here. But my family has deep, deep roots uh, in the Hayden area. Uh, moved to Coeur d'Alene when I was 13 years old, went all four years to Coeur d'Alene High School, and then was uh, uh, absolutely mesmerized by a Spanish teacher that I had back in school and said, I want to do that too. Uh, so I became a teacher and oddly enough at Coeur d'Alene High School. Uh, and then I became an administrator at Coeur d'Alene High School. And then, uh, let's see, it would be 13 years ago, I now moved to the district office where I have had multiple roles in uh, in terms of curriculum, assessment, and now my title is deputy superintendent of the district. Uh, so it's been a, a very interesting uh, long run, but uh, it's the quality of education that kept me going, get, got me uh, the impetus to be able to be an educator myself. And ultimately, I have a passion to now lead in this area. Oh, that's amazing. So I guess let's dive right into the levy and the voting and what's happening. So tell us kind of what is this and what is it what is it funding? So tell us a little more, I guess, in depth of the of the levy. Sure. Chris, would you like me to take? I Mike, you're the you're the information guy. <laughs> yeah. And and please know as a public official, uh, I'm not able to advocate for the levy at any kind. Uh, if at any time somebody has interest in the background about our levy, we do have all of the materials posted at our school district website, cdaschools.org. 
uh, forward slash levy. Uh, so basically, the challenge comes in from our state. This is an incredibly gorgeous place to live. The quality of life is very, very high. But education is different in the state of Idaho in terms of how it is funded specifically. Uh, so Idaho is 51st in the nation in per pupil spending. Uh, the average in the United States is $11,300. And in the state of Idaho in 2022, we spent $8,300. Although that is a challenge, there is nobody more resilient than an Idaho educator. Uh, they are remarkable, incredible people who put their lives toward their students every single day. But uh, it does become a challenge in terms of how we do our job. Uh, so uh, the state of Idaho, in starting in 1986, allowed local communities to be able to say what they want to see in their public schools. Uh, before that time, it was a flat rate that all school districts received. And this community, even though uh, we have an extraordinary uh, high quality of life, it's a very demanding community as well. People want the best from their school systems. And people are attracted to come to Coeur d'Alene because of the quality of life and the quality of schools that we have. So over time, uh, we heard we want high quality athletics. We want high quality educational programs for gifted students. We want school resource officers, school safety officers. Uh, and over time, our community has taxed itself a levy rate uh, to be able to have all of that. Everything that I've mentioned is not covered by the state of Idaho. It only covers base graduation uh, requirements for the most part. So things such as electives, for example, uh, even though I was an elective teacher, a Spanish teacher growing up, Spanish is not covered under the state of Idaho. An elective is not there. Uh, so if an elective was to be offered, it has to either be incorporated within the base amount that the state funds or through a levy. Uh, so there are about 13 different category areas that have been added to our district since 1986, all of which our community has supported at that time. We have never failed a supplemental levy, uh, but that goes back on the ballot on March 14th. Wow. The other piece to that is that the, we will be having a second levy. The supplemental levy, I think most people understand what that is, uh, but the state of Idaho also provides no money for building and maintaining public school facilities. Uh, and over time, our, our communities have uh, built great schools. They are not fancy schools by any means, but they are uh, very dependable. Yes. But over time, things just break down. Uh, so things such as HVAC units and flooring and and doors and windows and uh, all of the things that we expect and, and we have to do, we have to have a funding source to be able to do that. So there's a separate levy on the ballot uh, to, uh, it's a school plant facilities levy to improve everything from parking lots to physical structures of the buildings. Yeah. Both of those on the ballot on March 14th. Oh, that's great information. Um, so Chris, tell us like why this is important, I guess, even to our, our business community or people that don't have children. Like, how is this bringing, like, why should they vote? I mean, yes or no. What is that? What's the, the well, beneficial? There's a couple of different angles on that, Tabitha. Thank you. And Mike, that's an excellent summary. I, I would say, you know, why is it important to vote? Make your voice heard for what you think is important in our community. What Mike just said, this is local control at its best in the state of Idaho. We get a chance as a community to say these are important priorities to us. And sadly, when you look at the voter turnout, it's it's usually on the low side. So here's an opportunity for your viewers to get engaged and, and really reinforce what we believe the right priorities are for our community. 
Because if you don't vote, that means somebody else is making that decision for you. And no, none of us get to escape the financial impacts of the property taxes. And all of us get to live with the with the products of our public school system. And right. to me, as a, as a father and as an employer, I feel like having well-educated community citizens is an important part. That's who I want to live next to and be with and I want to employ in my business. And and I'm I think that's the the objective of a fully funded school system. So I think those are important elements that we want to to, to work with. Um, you know, the, the voting process in Idaho is is um, it, it's an it's an amazing opportunity. And so I want to make sure that if we can add to the podcast, the website, the Kootenai County um, Elections Office. So if you're new in our community, that's amazing. Welcome. Uh, we're so glad to have you here, as well as as the opportunity to register to vote. You can vote early by going down to the Kootenai County Elections Office, um, 1808 North 3rd Street, walk in there up through March 10th and cast your ballot. Um, if you suddenly change your mind at the last minute, you can show up at your polling place on voting day with um, with your a uh, ID and a written form of residency, so utility bill or something like that. So it's really easy to participate in the process. And I guess I'm a big fan of everybody putting their their hat in the ring to say, this is how I feel about this issue. And the voting in our country gives us that opportunity. Um, and I just think that participation is a civic duty that that we owe it to each other as community citizens to participate in. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I it's a no brainer for me. Like I just, I have, like I said, I have friends and their their kids are in school. I, I agree with you how, how much value this brings to the business community. Um, but I also hear some negative things, which shocks me. I'm always like, what? This is, of course you're going to vote for this. But then that's the part right there that I think is super important is that the people that like myself, if I didn't register to vote and I just was like, um, I think it'll pass, it'll be fine. But there's a whole different side. There's a whole nother group of people that don't want something like this to pass. It's an interesting element in the in the timing that it's a single issue on the ballot. And so it really takes being aware and taking a, a conscious effort to come participate. It's not like you're it's a presidential election cycle. And that's good. It allows our community to focus on these particular issues without getting lost in the shuffle of what sometimes turns into some very contentious dialogue over over partisanship. Fundamentally, well-funded public education system, it's such a bedrock element to me of what makes this community a great place to live, work, and invest that that I I mean, from a business standpoint, these are prudent investments in preserving the facilities that we as taxpayers have already bought over the last 30 years. For all these school facilities, this is we've paid for these once. Let's invest a little bit to preserve and maintain them through this, the supplemental levy, or excuse me, the safety and maintenance levy that Mike mentioned. And these are important things. It's security cameras on the doors. It's making sure the door is shut and locked correctly. As a father, I want my kids safe in those schools. It's a it's an interesting world we live in. And so oh, that's yeah. really important um, in that regard. And, and so I think it's a fiscally responsible way to you know add a few more dollars to preserve what we've already bought. In our real estate business, I'll share the, the difficult example with the inflationary environment right now. I've got construction bids coming back at 10, 20% above what they were even a year ago. So and great. so to consider trying to replace an entire school, we'll get there eventually, but let's postpone that as a community as long as we can take advantage of what we've already bought here. Um, and I think that's that's an easy economic justification to me to say, this is a, a, a self-imposed moderate tax that's responsible because it allows us to extend the life of what we already own. Yeah, I mean, if we have another horrible summer and your AC goes out or a May, these kids are going to be roasting inside those schools. I can't like, I can't even imagine. And then with the, I think the school resource officer piece is so important. Unfortunately, we're in a time where a lot of things happen in schools um, and I don't know if things change because my mom used to be a police officer for Coeur d'Alene 
And she said that, um, so there used to be just one school resource officer for all of the elementaries. Is that still the same? No, we do have several that rove between buildings and that's part of our 21st century investment with that. You know, and Chris mentioned a little bit, and I believe, Tabitha, you talked a little bit about HVAC, for example. Uh, we were leading a teacher meeting this morning, and the entire HVAC in the B Hall at Coeur High School is currently out. And it's, what, 25 degrees outside? Now, we have space heaters in and things, but that, that doesn't show an investment in what we need there. We need to have some wholesale replacements. We're not talking about any big additions or add-ons. We're talking about maintaining the quality of services that we have in our buildings. Uh, our buildings are built like a tank for a reason, uh, but at the same time, uh, things do wear down. I, I know that within the last two months, I've lost a refrigerator, a microwave, uh, and a vacuum within our house. And, and we we can save money for little things like that, but there also becomes a time where you have to make an investment in a long-term improvement in our buildings. And, you know, the average age of some of our buildings, well, the average age of any district building is about 30 years old right now. Uh, and many of them have not had major mechanical improvements since that time. So on our district website, you can actually go to any, or to our levy page, and you can see it broken down by building. Uh, so if you have a student oh. who attends Hayden Meadows Elementary, for example, or Coeur High School, you can see a checklist of these are the things that we are prioritizing over time. We've cataloged every faucet, every fixture in every building, and we have accountability to how those monies are going to be used. Wow, that's that's actually really beneficial. I think that's, I mean, I'll, I'm going to link all of your guys' uh, websites, but I think that's so important because what people, they just they just say, oh, our tax money is going to this or that, but like, it's great to actually see what's a priority for you guys. I, I would agree. From a from a fiscal accountability standpoint, it doesn't get any better than that. You know exactly what the priority list, what the shopping list is, where those dollars are going. There's no games involved. As a taxpayer, it gives me immense confidence in the district leadership to say, these guys know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to be strategic about it, to invest in the right places, but not you know, adding adding willy-nilly frills where it's not necessary. So I, I think there's, there's, and especially seeing in every individual school. I know at least one of my kids is in elementary school. And so I can go and look and see exactly the safety and security improvements to be done at that elementary school. And every other elementary school in the district has an individual flyer too. So if any of you have, have you know, nieces, nephews, friends who have something, it's like, hey, I've got a kid at Fernand. What's happening there? Oh, here's the connection between where my tax dollars go and how that child's experience is improved on a daily basis. I, it's so easy to connect the dots with all this different information. The district has done a great job putting on their website. Yeah, I love that. And I, I like the, what you just said, that heat goes out in the middle of winter. We're still, we had just negative degrees last week and you can't have a bunch of teachers in a meeting at well, probably early in the morning, freezing. I mean, I can't even imagine. And so I think not even, you know, I think that's a great bigger picture for our community to see as well. Well, it shows again, resilience. Uh, yeah. you know, our teaching staff are driven to make impacts in the lives of kids. Um, so we just adapt, you know, certainly last week, the bitter of the cold and many of the, the heating units that we just talked about are actually, um, uh, not manufactured anymore. Uh, and some of them are actually dangerous to replace, uh, based on the fact that they're no longer manufactured or contain chemicals that, that have to be disposed of in a very specific way. We can literally get parts from Mongolia for some of our HVAC units. But that's not going to, it's, it's a short-term fix. And what we're looking for is a long-term solution 
through the school plant facilities levy. Oh, that's such a great point because the Centennial Trail um, is 30 years old. And so right now we're doing these little like kind of little fixes, but we're looking at like replacing big chunks and people are like, why would you need to raise that much money? I'm like, it's 30 years old. Like that's a lot of wear and tear. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of teachers. That's a lot. I mean, and the community mm -hmm. that you serve with these schools. So I think it's really important that, you know, we hit home on those things that, yeah, it's great 30 years long, but those little fixes can only, only go so long. Indeed. I think about my children and their distractibility in the classroom. And if it's not comfortable, it's not warm and, and dry, and there's some other reason to not pay attention to what the teacher's saying, it makes the educator's job so much more difficult, guys. There are already heroes in my book for, for taking oh off the task. And, and to consider that, that there's these other elements that they have no control over. Um, I don't know how educators yeah. do it. I don't know. I commend them, especially going through the pandemic. I have teacher friends and I'm always like, how do you, and they're like, I don't even know. We just, but like you said, you're doing it for the kids and it's, it's for your future. It's for, you know, as an educator, you know, you're just, you get hooked in, you drink the Kool-Aid, you want to, you know, educate children and, you know, for our future of our community. So I think it's really, really great. So Mike, I have a question for you. I prompted you already on this one. So you had some time to think about it, but I like to ask a few fun questions in my podcast. Um, what is your favorite restaurant to eat in the Coeur d'Alene area? Now, this was so tough when you asked this question, because frankly, I don't eat out a lot. I have an amazing wife who is a fantastic cook, uh, but I can't pass on the corn pasta at Moontime or Porch. Uh, so to me, that's always, and it's not even an entree, but I think I could eat it like an entree. <laughs> it's like the OG too. Like that is like, Moontime is like my go-to. It's the yeah. best and the corn pasta. Everyone knows what that is. So if you, um, so you love Idaho, what are other activities you enjoy doing outside of educating our youth and helping teachers? Well, I, I spend a lot of time doing civic types of things. I'm on the board for the Coeur d'Alene Carousel Foundation. Uh, our family uh, is actually uh, on a mission to visit all of our 50 United States capitals. Uh, so over the last eight years, pretty much during every uh, break, we have gotten everybody together and we visited places ex as exciting as Augusta, Maine and Frankfort, Kentucky. Uh, but it's been an awesome civic opportunity. So we visited 42 of the 51, including uh, the District of Columbia. And oh, cool. we've got 43 coming up. But uh, the kids have been journaling ever since uh, our daughter was eight and our son was five. Uh, and they know state symbols from almost every state. And they have they have had to interview a state official uh, oh. to be able to earn their signatures. So it's been an awesome experience. We've met four governors, uh, multiple heads of states. You know, seen some beautiful architecture and enjoyed some incredible food. But you know, there's still no place like home. We still yearn for North Idaho and coming home and to be able to to compare and contrast what we see here and what uh, we have across the country. So is there a favorite state capital that you've been to besides ours? City, uh, city or building? Uh, ooh, each. Okay, well, I don't know for city. I don't know that you can beat Boston. Uh, Boston is just the, the hub of our country. Uh, and we've we had wonderful experiences there. And building-wise, I would say Connecticut. Um, it's very palatial. Uh, it almost looks like uh, a checkerboard chess uh, in the the middle there, yeah. it's very ornate and tall. It's a very unique building. But if you ask my kids, I think they tell you Hawaii. <laughs> I would be with your kids then. I'm the same way. 
That's awesome. All right. So, um, Chris, tell us, first of all, your favorite place to eat in the Coeur d'Alene area. I would have to say that our family's go-to is Syringa. We think Autumn and Viljo just do an amazing job. And to, I was such a skeptic when I came back to town. I was like, what are you talking about? I just, you know, Syringa, Sushi in North Idaho. And I, every other coastal city, waterfront, whatever, nothing compares. It's really funny. We keep trying to find the more, you know, authentic sushi when we travel. And nope, it's all right here back at home. So I, I agree. And like, well, and they just created atmosphere and the people are there just, you know, they know you by name. When you go there enough, they know you by name. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Indeed. So favorite activities to do in the area? What are things you do besides, you know, advocating for kids and things like that? <laughs> um, we, uh, I'm, I'm a winter guy. I'm a big skier. So um, the second on my list to, uh, to Syringa was going to be a pizza joint up in, in Sandpoint called Powderhound Pizza. They started up at Schweitzer Mountain and they've got a new location down in Sandpoint. That is also a very solid choice for our family. But uh, I tend to be a snow rider in the winter. Really enjoy those kinds of things. And then um, I'll, I'll trade the skis for wheels and mountain bike in the summertime. Tend Ooh. to be my ways I, I enjoy the outdoors that we have here. It's such an amazing opportunity that the uncrowded access to the oh. wilderness here is spectacular. Yeah, it's, I, I, I'm on a, a van ski trip right now. Um, and, <laughs> and we did Mount Bachelor. Now we're in Tahoe. We're going to hit Mammoth. And then we're going to head to Vegas to watch the Zags win. So <laughs> right on, right on. Uh, it should be snowing heavy down there. Good for oh you. my God. It's dumping. We're like snowed in pretty much. It's really awesome. <laughs> cool. So if you, yeah, exactly. So if you're at Syringa, Chris, and you could mm -hmm. have dinner with anybody could be dead or alive, who would it be? Oh my gosh. I, one of my heroes has always been Benjamin Franklin um, as an entrepreneur, as an educator. Um, I had the good fortune of attending his alma mater at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, so really enjoyed some of the early American history that he was a part of. Just an interesting, influential person as as our country came into to being what it is today, the kinds of, of you know freedoms and liberties we enjoy, but also the intellectual curiosity that he had is is really stimulating to me. That's awesome. Mike, what about you? You're going to moon time with anybody dead or alive, who could it be? Well, mine's going to be probably a little bit more obscure. Uh, I, If I weren't an educator, I would try to be an architect. And there is a fascinating gentleman that uh, lived in Barcelona, Spain, uh, at the end of the 19th century and into the early 20th century named Antoni Gaudi. G-A-U-D-I is his name, uh, is his last name. And the amazing mind of architecture, the fanciful nature of his buildings are truly inspiring. In fact, he started a building. Uh, this was did not have architectural plans uh, in the early 20th century that is still under construction today. And wow. it's called the Sagrada Familia, and it's located right outside of the main train station in Barcelona. And it is actually expected to be completed by 2025. But just to be able to have a chance to be able to talk to him about his views about architecture would be fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, I don't I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it, look it up. Google the image. The imagery is is straight um, out of, of, of a yeah, storybook. Just, it's just, really cool. Just Google search G-A-U-D-I and do a Google image search. It is it is fanciful. It's amazing. All right, guys. So I'm gonna give you guys a little time. Just tell us any information we need to know, myself, voters our community, um, where to go, all of the things. I'll be more than glad to start. We we very much appreciate the partnerships that we have with our community. Our, our schools represent our community and represents the values that it has. But we also have to be realistic in that a vote 
uh, that does not pass on uh, on March 14th uh, would equate to a cut of about $25 million out of our district. And that would mean that activities, athletics, school resource officers, remediation, class size reduction, teacher pay, all of those things uh, would be off the table. Uh, it is an extraordinary thing that our community has supported us for so very long. Uh, but we also recognize that the equal and opposite comes with that. There's a lot of accountability to how our schools are run. Uh, all of our expenditures, all of our salaries, every paycheck that we ever write is all public record. And we encourage anybody to take a look at both of our levies, what they would do, and the potential impact to their own taxes at our district website at cdaschools.org slash levy. Thank you. That's that's very that's actually very important information, I think, for people to hear. Um, and I, unfortunately, our teachers are not paid enough as it is. I mean, I think anywhere, especially in Idaho. So this is super important for our community. I mean, and housing prices, we know are expensive. So we need to take care of our teachers um, and our educators. So thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Anything for you, um, Chris, on anything else you want to add? I'll step over that line because Mike's been a good job of dutifully informing our community about what, what's at stake here. But I don't have to have my hands tied behind my back. I can say, let's vote yes, people. This is, as our friends and neighbors, this is the most important time for us to have a fully funded public education system. And so from a father's standpoint, it makes a difference to me that my kids are safe and secure in that school. There's a school nurse there when my youngest bumps his head on the playground. And there's an SRO who's a trusted figure to my kids because they know him on a first name basis. It's a safe place for them to go to. Those kinds of things are, are you know, a defense mechanism as a parent to the experience that kids have in, in school these days. It can be rough at times. So that that really matters to me. But as a taxpaying businessman, I can see a bunch of different reasons, not only investing in the resources we already have, but the opportunity to properly compensate our educators for the work they do and to maintain a competitive salary basis in this market. If any of, of your viewers are in the business world or even trying to hire somebody, have friends who are looking, it's a really difficult market to find talent right now. And when just across the border, there are other opportunities at other salary levels to have and to retain the talented educators who really want to be a part of our community. They want to work where their kids go to school. They want to work in the neighborhoods where they live. That personal passion needs to be at least a competitive economic condition for that educator, in my opinion. And so when we think about trying to attract and retain talent, you got to pay up. And I think what we do for our district is, is you know, sufficient. It's not exorbitant but it has to be a competitive salary in our marketplace here. So those two things I think are important economic justifications for why this makes sense. So I'm I'm a full-blooded volunteer for the Yes for Coeur d'Alene Schools campaign. We have a Facebook page. Please check it out. There's a website as well. If the spirit moves you, we have yard signs and donation opportunities um, because it is important to raise awareness that there is an election coming. And so thank you for the forum today to visit about that, as well as the opportunity to vote yes. Vote yes for our kids and our educators um, it's really a, a fundamental element of what makes our community such a great place. Um, and I think it's it's a great opportunity for us to to give a positive sign towards why we're here and what we what we prioritize as a community. hundred percent. And I think, yeah, it's I mean, and these are kind of elections or votes that not elections, but this is the these votes actually matter. So, you know, you, you vote for the president. Our votes are not really a huge deal, but this is the stuff that actually matters that we need to be out um, being out and voting for. That, that's an excellent point. The last election, the difference between passage of the levy was only several hundred votes. Mm -hmm. So it really does matter that we all pay attention, participate, get off the couch that day, even if the weather might not be great on March 14th, 
it's worth it. Visit your local polling place or, or you know, go ahead and find a good sunny day. We've had a few lately. Go down to the elections office and cast your ballot there ahead of time. The ballots are already on the the edu- the um, the county's website, so you can read exactly what you're going to go in for. It's a one and done, and um, just add it to your daily list. Oh, that's a great another great point. You don't have to vote on the 14th. You can vote mm-hmm. early and go get that. Like you said, if it's a nice day, and if you need help, call me. You can message me. I will drive you to a polling place. It's super easy. I I, I will I'll volunteer on Tuesday. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys both for your taking your time and uh, educating um, everyone listening. Thanks thank for giving for us the me. opportunity. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Keeping Tabs. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes to listen to all the great interviews. Keeping Tabs is all about people, telling the story of some amazing people we have in our community and across the world. So make sure you subscribe, like, and follow along.